So why is economic policy failure so common? When Dorothy scolded the Wizard of Oz for the problems he had caused, his defense was that he was not a very bad man, just a very bad wizard. Behind almost every prolonged economic malfeasance, there is some combination of outworn bad ideas, incompetence, and the malign influence of powerful special interests. Identifying these problems can be important to both recovery and the prevention of recurring nightmares. Lessons are, of course, learned, but not necessarily by the people who call the shots. In April 2014, German Finance Minister Wolfgang Schauble audaciously told the press that Greece could serve as a model for Ukraine. Greece, which lost a quarter of its output over more than six years of recession and threw more than a quarter of its labor force and half of its youth out of work, how exactly is that a model for anyone? And yet it could become one for Ukraine under International Monetary Fund, IMF, and European Union, EU, tutelage as the economy sinks further into recession, exacerbated by bad macroeconomic policy that got a head start on the civil conflict. The first two chapters of this book deal with the unnecessary tragedy of Europe over the past six years, a drama that has upended and, in many cases, ruined the lives of millions of people. It is also important for the outsized role it has played in slowing the global economy since 2010, contributing to increased poverty and unemployment worldwide. It is ironic that the governments of what used to be some of the world's most advanced social democracies, with powerful trade unions and varying degrees of developed welfare states, could inflict such prolonged punishment on their citizens. Whereas in the United States, whose Congress is now controlled by a party of climate change deniers, flat taxers, and devotees of Ayn Rand, the Great Recession, for all the scandalous regulatory failures that preceded it and the inadequate responses that followed, lasted for 18 months, officially ending in June 2009. And this was the epicenter of the world financial crisis and recession, brought on by the bursting of an $8 trillion housing bubble. By contrast, the Eurozone, after a recession of about the same duration, five quarters from the first quarter of 2008, lapsed into recession again after the first quarter of 2011. By the end of 2014, it was still not clear if or when the Eurozone had emerged from recession. There were still near-record levels of unemployment, at 11.4%, about twice the rate of the United States. How does this happen? At the political level, it is clear that this can only occur in countries where the population has little or no say over their government's most important macroeconomic policies. Even if the Republicans had controlled the U.S. presidency and the Congress from 2008 onward, they would not have dared to do what Eurozone governments have done, for fear of losing power. Yet, more than 20 governments in Europe fell, essentially committing political suicide, rather than take the measures necessary for economic recovery. This is the Eurozone. It looked like a great idea when the economies were booming with bubble-driven growth in the early and mid-2000s. But as the billionaire investor Warren Buffett famously said, you only find out who is swimming naked when the tide goes out.